Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Kilafa Kali here. It's a delight for Shalewa and I to be in your presence this early morning. Thank you for giving us this early Saturday morning. Praise the Lord to be coming live to you and to be ministering the word of the Lord to you. It is a great joy and honor. We take this seriously. It's an honor to break the word of God this morning. I want you to get your, your, your uh, vitamin and rich water and juice. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, whatever you take in the morning. Get your Bibles and get ready for us to get in the Word of God. This is a study Bible here. We're going to be getting in the Word of God today. And I was in deep prayer and asked the Lord again, what is it that is most significant we're going to share on? And he gave me the kingdom of Jesus and eternal life. That's our topic. The kingdom of Jesus and eternal life. <clears throat> well, I started last night on everlasting lives matter. And I'm telling you, it was something else. You know, I just have to preach what the spirit of the Lord gives me. <clears throat> you know, I make no apology about the word of God. If you have a problem, take it up with Jesus. Praise God. Uh, I just say what he tells me to say and do what he tells me to do by the special grace of God that he gives. <clears throat> and uh, we're just delighted to do that. <clears throat> So let's open up with a word of prayer. Father, we just give you the praise and the glory and the honor and the reverence. We just love you. We just bless you. <clears throat> Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your power. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let it be in our lives. Let it be in our homes, in our family, over our children, over our nation. Let your kingdom be manifested with power. Let your dominion come with power and great authority over our nation, over this broadcast, over every life and person that's listening and watching now. And Father, for this, we won't ever stop to give you the praise, the glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. So again, let's get straight into the Word of God this morning. It's going to be power packed. You need your Bibles. You need your Bibles. Last night, uh, today, and tomorrow, we have just dived into, dove into last night, the Word of God from last night. And I'm telling you, it is indeed a power pack teaching. Go back to that. Today we continue with this. Just give us one minute as we just worship the Lord and we just bless him and we get our hearts ready. Father, we just worship you. We just love you. Uh, we've come to just praise and glorify your name. We've come to magnify your name today, Lord. And uh, we just come to just say how much we love you. <clears throat> Father, we say how much we adore you. We say how much we need you tonight and today and every day. And so, Father, we just honor your presence. We honor your power. Let your word go forward with authority. We just love you today. Hallelujah. There's no one like you, Lord Jesus. There is no one like you, Lord Jesus. Let's jump straight into this word this morning. We're going to start off with the theme for this morning, the kingdom of Jesus and his eternal life. I'm telling you, what a time we're living in. We're living in a serious time. We're living at a time that our statistics show that the world is in a crisis. And it's start to <clears throat> stir up anybody, but the reality is we are living in a time that is very critical. And the Lord is moving powerfully near it, but also we, we've never had a time in history that we have the whole world under such major stress, much trials and tribulation, much death, the pandemic and the loss of lives, the loss of 
um, hope, the loss of economy, the loss of work, the loss of interconnection with other people. We have never seen this before in probably human history. It's quite unprecedented. And the earlier plagues of years were devastating, but this one has impacted every nation all at one time, and it is uh, affecting economies and governments and policies and decision making, and it is stretching the resources of every human capital, financial capital, and everything worldwide. And so in my prayer, I sought the Lord for a timely word, a word that is critical, a word, word that is now for the people of God. And he put in my heart, let the people know everlasting life matters. Praise God. Not white lives, not black, not Hispanic, not uh, mixed, not only that, but every human life. Why is that important? Because we're going to look in the Genesis chapter 1 that the Lord himself took of his own nature and put into man. And man represents the, oh my God, the image and the glory and the exact nature of the creator Elohim, Jehovah, the Lord of creation. So it is very important to know that we are, like I taught last night, we have a spirit, or we are a spiritual being encased in a physical body that has an active living soul. You know, I spent many years in medical school, I still practice medicine here, over 15 years, and I'm telling you, I've seen it, and I finally got it from, you know, just dealing with human interaction and all of the studies and anatomy and physiology and then psychiatry and then being in neuropsychiatry for over 10 years and still, you know, practicing. It's amazing that I see the brain and the emotion is one entity, the brain, and then the emotion or the intellect, the will, and then the physical body, three separate components. And I'm telling you, we have to look and take care of every aspect. Yes, we're going to take care of the physical part, eating right, exercising, taking care of this physical body. We invest so much. I've been told that one athlete, uh, a professional athlete, spends over a million dollars in uh, his physical health which is awesome i mean if you have the money and you can do that you know spend the quality money in your body take care of your body uh, but I, I i really thought about how much does he spend on his soul how much does he spend on his mental capacity uh, how much is he investing in his spiritual eternal life that's the real question and those are the questions we seek to look into today and understanding exactly this eternal life when all hope is lost and everything is lost we have the blessed hope of eternal life those who are in Christ and you know those who are not in Christ Jesus still has an eternal life <clears throat> because they're a spiritual being the question is where are they gonna spend their eternal life where are they gonna stay for all eternity. So get your Bibles. We have a, a few powerful scriptures. <clears throat> Today we're going to look at the kingdom of God. We're going to look at the kingdom of Jesus Christ, which is the same thing uh, I'll be using interchangeably. We'll be looking at eternal life. What is eternal life? And who offers the best package for eternal life? But I found that Jesus, 
you know, gives the best package for eternal life. I don't want to follow some religion that says, you know, when, when I die, if I die before the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, praise God, I'm coming back as a lizard or a frog. I'm going to reincarnate. That's a, that's a terrible deal. Praise God. That's a terrible deal. I mean, there are religions based on uncertainty. Some religions say, you know, atheism is a religion. It says, live your life now because when you die, you will cease to exist for eternity. That's a religion. You know, every philosophy has a concept of eternal life. Some philosophy say, uh, when you die, you just go into oblivion. You just go back into the universe, into the space, into the cosmos. That's it. That's a religion. That's a, a train of thought. Then you have some thinking that says, oh, you're going to, you know, come back as another person until you get it right. Okay? Some religions teach you're going to come back and reincarnate into another being or creature. Uh, some uh, beings, uh, theologies or, you know, religions of the world say, YOLO, you only have one life. But I found truly, you don't have only one life, you have two lives to live. Praise God. And, and death is not the end, people of God. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. So, let's get into this first of all. Let's look at Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go to the foundation, work our way up through the scriptures, share this. You know, get a part of this. Be a part of this study this morning. You know, if the Lord means, we'll prophesy. But, you know, if I prophesy to you every day for the rest of the life of your life, it doesn't mean it's going to get you to eternal life. I'm very concerned about all this prophetic word, all of these wonderful online platforms where people just spit out things. They're good, they're, but they're temporal. They're so temporary. Your house is temporary. Your car is temporary. Clothes are temporary. I mean, getting food is temporary. Getting that check in the mail. Praise God. That, that's good. It helps out your life for the moment. But it, it, you must have uh, something attached to it. It must be something deeper in life. And we're going to look and see what Jesus says in a minute about life. Why life must be more than what you eat and what you drink and what you wear. And these things that you seek after. People who are void of understanding eternal life seek after these things. Jesus called them heathens and pagans. They just live for now. The fulfillment of now without any understanding of the eternal process of life. Praise God. So we're going to look at that. So I'm not going to just waste your time. I want to give you quality word. I want to give you something to know in the midst of what's going on now. You're going to have a true word. Yes, it's going to be hard. I don't know what the Holy Ghost is going to say today. Last night, I never had to know all that he says. I prepare outlines. I get the message ready. But however the Holy Spirit leads, it's because he knows who's watching and he knows what is needed to be said to empower your life. Praise God. So I ask you, please, take the time. Get this message. Share it, please, quickly, before we dive deeply in it. Uh, but it's going to be a word for your life, and it's going to be a sound word that I've proven to be true and to be right. Everlasting lives matter. That's the most important life, that part of you. So in the book of Genesis, let's show you where that your spiritual body, mind, and soul come into being. Genesis chapter 1, and I take the word of God to be true. I've studied other uh, 
religions and none can explain truly the origin of humans and the origin of the earth and humanity like the scripture. Praise God. Uh, so I believe this and I've proven this word to be factual, historic, um, recorded in history and recorded in life and life experience. This word is true. So Genesis chapter 1, we use verse 26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. Uh, of God created he him, male and female, he created them. So God created them, and he created man, and he said it was good. Now, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. I didn't say this earlier, but let's continue. And the Lord God, Genesis 2 and 7, get your Bibles. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Praise God. So we see God taking the dirt. Do you know science? As a medical doctor, science has shown that the human body is the same composition as the dirt. Okay, so the word Adam means ruddy means uh, brown, reddish type of dirt. Praise the Lord. And so the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground, and then he breathed. That word breathe means to put his breath or his spirit. God himself, the God we're talking about here, is Jehovah, Adonai, the Elohim, the, the Lord of creation, the Lord, the uh, 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 El Elyon, the self-sufficient God. That's what Jehovah means. Yahweh, his holy name, and we honor his holy name. Uh, uh, he, he, Yah, he took Adam, that ruddy soil that he took out of the earth, and he... <laughs> Breathe, put his raha. The word for breath in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word raha. And if you say Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is raha kadosh. Kadosh is holy. Raha is the breath or spirit. So God put his raha, he breathed into the nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I want you to see three parts. I started to teach on the last night. You know, as a doctor, a medical doctor, a physician, people say, you still practice? I practice every single day. I've never stopped, but I love Jesus. My wife and I and family, we are sold out to the gospel. And so we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for as long by the special grace of God. Hallelujah. This is what we do. You know, people advertise what they like to do on Facebook. We love talking about Jesus. Praise God. We love seeing people saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. So this is what we do. So here it is. We have three components in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. <clears throat> we have Adonai, the Elohim. He is a spiritual being. He doesn't have a physical body. The Bible says God is a spirit. In the book of John, he is a spirit. And with that spirit, praise God, he took Adam, made him out of the dust. So we have a physical body. We have now Adam, a physical structure, not living, not moving. The Lord, Jehovah, Adonai, Elohim, blows into his nostril. <clears throat> that breath goes into his nostril, down into his lungs, and flows throughout his body. 
And all of a sudden it triggers and activates the soul. What is the soul? The mind, the will, the emotion, the intellect. The word for soul in the, the, the Bible, in the New Testament in, in particular, is suke. It's the word we get psychology. It's the word we get psychiatry. It deals with the mind, the will, the emotion, the intellect, the, the recall. And so after the Lord blew his breath, man became a living soul. Somebody shout living soul or type living soul there. <clears throat> Amen. Praise be to the Lord. We go on now. We understand from that concept, man was promised eternal life. How do I know? I'm so glad you asked. Praise God. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, 16. And the Lord God commanded. He gave a clear instruction commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden <clears throat> thou may freeze freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shall surely die well I want to let you know I just read the old King James Version because I like it anyway but he's saying God says I'm gonna give you everything you have eternal life you have eternal life, but the minute, if you disobey me and eat of the tree of good and evil. Now, you know, this is no fairy tale. This is real. There's a tree that was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what God made. He gave an instruction and he wanted Adam to obey. Adam, uh, you know the story, was told the minute, the day. You eat of it, you shall die. So death was never God's plan. Oh, praise the Lord. I want you to share this. Death, I want to say this emphatically to the world listening or watching. Death is never Jehovah's plan. Death is not El Elyon's plan. Death is not Adonai's plan. When he created us as humans, he created us to live. Praise God. You know, you have a lot of theologies now out there saying that you know, it's God who took my loved one. God took my loved one into the heavens. God, you know, has put another rose in his garden. God has given another person their wings. Someone has earned their wings. No, no, no. It was God's will that man would live eternally on the earth, have dominion, rule, and reign in the earth as he reigned in heaven. That's why he made man out of the dirt you know, breathe into him, put his very nature into man, and man was supposed to govern the earth under the spirit of the Lord's leading in the earth, the same way the Lord is ruling in heaven, man was to rule in the earth in relationship to each other. And man had a soul, an intellect, a creative ability to think, to reason, to understand, to comprehend. And he was to name the animals and he was to live and to rule and replicate with Eve. Well, I'm going to skip forward to tell you what happened. Praise God. Uh, verse Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Now the serpent 
praise God, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, You shall not eat of every tree, he questioned what the Lord was saying. You know the story. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Oh my goodness, one of the greatest lies of humanity. God told him not to eat, and the woman still did it. And you know the story. She ate it and offered it up to her husband, Adam. That's in Genesis chapter 3, all throughout Genesis chapter 3. And it ended up in Genesis 3 and 24. So the Lord, 23, therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, verse 24, and he placed him at the east of the garden. And you know what pastor says, from dust you are, and dust you shall return. You know, this is, yeah, verse 19, Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. The Lord says, in the sweat of your face shall you eat bread. Praise God, till you return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for thou art Dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Well, it means God is saying, listen here, three things has happened. You violated my word. The scripture in Romans said, for the wages of sin is death. You know, Adam activated sin. He activated death. Anytime, you know, I want to let you and I know today, the Lord gave me a principle. Anytime we sin or we violate, the word sin means to fall short of the mark. It's like an archer. It's like throwing darts. And you want to hit that mark, that bullseye, but you're shooting off. That's what sin is. You call it cheating, stealing, adultery, cursing. You call it adultery. You call it sin. God call it missing the mark of the standard of the word. Because there's a standard in the kingdom of God that he wants us to hit every time. And when we miss that, it's called sin. And there's a consequence. There's a wages. There's a payment for when we miss the mark of God either willfully or intentionally, whether we know the laws of God or not. That's why I'm so concerned about all this prophetic word. I, you know, you don't, you can't live a prophetic word only. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word, because we don't know what word we are violating on a daily basis. And the more we know his word, David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. And the more I study the word, the more I know of his word, the more I got that word in my heart. David said, I hid thy word in my heart. He wasn't talking about this organ in the chest that beats and, and causes blood to flow throughout the body. No, he's talking about the heart, meaning the mind, the, the suke, the, the memory, the thinking. He keeps his the word of God and the law of God hid in his mind so that he does not sin against God. Praise be to God. Well, I want to let you know, you know, he, he fell and, 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 and all of a sudden death was activated. That's what I'm saying. You know, death. And, but guess what? God said the very same day. But you know that Adam took 800 years before he physically died? What does that say? God is not lying. So how is it that the Lord said, I just read it, that the day that you eat of the fruit, you shall die. But Eve lived. And... And Adam lived almost 800 plus years, recorded in scripture. So I begin to think, well, how could he live, but yet God said he's going to die the same day? And that's what the Lord told me. Adam and Eve did not die from the earth, the, the, the rough earth or the ground 
call their outer body. No, their body still lived for 800 years. Adam, Eve, for some time afterwards. Some years, not as much as Adam, but from the scriptures, she died before him. But, but their bodies live. But what died? And the Lord showed me their spirit was disconnected from me. My spirit that I breathe in their nostril that governed their body and their soul was disconnected. So what is this that Jesus came to bring? Everything that man lost, Jesus came to restore. You know, we talk about that all the time. But, you know, I hear wonderful messages uh, about Jesus coming to restore what man lost and his dominion. And that's true. That's part of it. But part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ is to restore eternal life. It's to restore the, the life of eternal living. Praise God. And not in the future. Right now. Do you know that some people, there's a movie out there called The Living Dead. You know, there are tons of people who are the living dead. I mean, they, they have physical bodies. Their soul is activated, their brain and memory. They can count, they can record, they can laugh, they can smile, they can go back and remember their honeymoon day. They can go back and remember their uh, first year in high school. They can remember graduation day or any special moment of day because the Lord has kept their soul, their suke alive. But they are walking dead because their spirit is disconnected from the eternal Adonai, the Elohim. Praise God. So this is what Jesus came to bring. I'm excited you're still with us. Continue to watch. As we're going to dive into this a little bit more. All right. So let's let's fast forward. You know, all of, from Genesis to the time of Jesus, man was disconnected from the presence of the Lord. And they needed kings. They needed prophets. They needed men and women judges to, to speak to them on behalf of Adonai, on behalf of Jehovah, because they were disconnected. And I'm telling you, anything and any person who's disconnected from the Lord, I mean, they, they stop living the, the life of the Spirit, and they start fulfilling their own emotional desires, their own sensual desires, their own desires of the five senses. So when we talk about sensual, you're talking about the desires of the five senses. What I see, I want. That's what's called lust of the eyes. I mean, if you don't have the spirit of the living Jehovah guiding your life um, with his character, and that's taken out and you're stuck with all humanity from Genesis.